who will survive? Welcome to a special edition of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, and it's special because we have extra special guests with us today. First, down in the same time zone as me, so he gets to go first, down in Oklahoma, Breaker from the Breaker and Bane Power Hour, and from, you know it's fake, right? And from professional wrestling and everything else. Breaker, what's up? I am known from professional wrestling, yes. <laughs> uh, no, central time zone for life, man. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, obviously, this is going to be a really fun episode, something we've talked about yep. before, so I'm, I'm digging it. It's going to be awesome. And then over in the West Coast in, I guess, Southern California. No, Northern California, Northern. technically. Northern. 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 Yes, Northern. Well, I mean, way to spoil by jumping in. <laughs> Sorry. Our Jeff from the Fully Posable <laughs> Wrestling Figure Podcast. Jeff, what's up? Not much. What's going on with you, Steve and Breaker? It's always a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's always great talking to you guys. I think this is the first time the three of us have done a podcast together, so this is uh, should be a fun little triple threat match. Hell yeah. So really quick, uh, we are going to take a look back at the plan is to watch the Chamber of Horrors match from Halloween Havoc 1991. So if you want to watch along, even though most people don't with podcasts, that's okay. Um, get yourself queued up. We'll start in a little bit here. You go to season three of Halloween Havoc, which you found it on Peacock. Uh, at eight seconds in from Havoc 91 is where we're going to start because it's the first match, so it'll, it'll work out easier that way. We'll hit play at the same time. And before we get started with that, quick plugs out of the way. Mentioned them already. Jeff from the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. You know them. You can follow them at Fully Posable and find all of their shows on your favorite podcast app. Just search Fully Posable. They just completed their 300th straight episode, the Cal Ripken of Wrestling Figure Podcast out there. So congratulations to Scott and Jeff. And then Breaker, I mentioned already, does the Breaker and Bane Power every week. He also does the You Know It's Fake Right, where it's just conversations with wrestling fans, other wrestlers, uh, people in entertainment. list goes on and on. Follow I guess your account, right, for all that information? Because you've got too many Twitter accounts, I, so just the Breaker account I is do. good for you. Yeah, so I actually very specifically did not create a new account for that show just because I was like, uh-huh. you know, like, it's just me. So, yeah, I'll just mm-hmm. that'll just be my account. So, yeah, it's at Brian Breaker ODR, but you can pretty much find anything um, through, through my accounts on uh, Instagram or Twitter. And uh, I do a million yep. different podcasts because apparently I despise spare time, but... You know what? <laughs> hobbies are hobbies, so uh, you gotta have you gotta have a break from your crazy day to day life to uh, sit down and enjoy doing podcasts from time to time. And I definitely do my share. Awesome, yeah. And w- I, today I thought of our buddy Jeff because I was I've been looking for a handful of figures a lot lately. I've been looking for the AEW on 
unraveled on not the silver packaging version, not the gold. The unmatched of the Darby Allen, unmatched, um, whatever. Yeah. And I can I keep finding that set, but no Darby Allen. He must have been short packed, so I can't find Darby. But today I did find the Legends Roddy Piper from WrestleMania 8. Nice. It's not Ooh. the greatest face scan, but the figure itself looks awesome. The T-shirt's great. This kilt is great. It looks great to go with the other Legend figure, so I picked that up today. And then I reorganized my basement wall area. I'm staring at it now. So I've kind of reorganized to make room, and I'm at capacity, though. So we're, we'll see how this goes going forward. <laughs> that basement down there is quite the... Um... You could get lost in there. Let's just say that. Yeah. Well, what's funny is the basement's an L shape, and I joke like in my entire house, I have the the small part of the L in my the, my whole house. That's mine. <laughs> Everything else is the children's and wife's, but the L is mine. So, got that going for me. All right. Now, normally, if this was Jeff's show, we'd have toy spotting and stories and bang energy drinks and all that. But this is my <laughs> show, so we're gonna talk nostalgia and memories and all that. So before we get into this Halloween Havoc show. Breaker and I have done Havoc shows before. It's kind of like a thing. Because I know Breaker's a big Halloween fan, big Halloween Havoc fan. I'm guessing, Jeff, you're, you weren't a Halloween fan as a kid. Am I wrong? Or did you like Halloween? No, you were accurate. I'm not a Halloween I fan. It. I <laughs> you, dude, you know me too well, man. <laughs> the dude doesn't like Jingle All the Way. He doesn't like Halloween Havoc. What are we even doing here, Steve? <laughs> so why did you like Halloween? Did, was the idea of dressing up just annoying? What was, did you, your family not like, how did you not like Halloween? I shouldn't say I didn't like Halloween. It was one of those, you know, it's like, okay, now I got to get dressed up. And, you know, it, it's like it's like that taxing thing. You're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do it. And then you get in yeah. your 20s and you go to these Halloween parties. You're right. Like, oh, now I got to go to Spirit. And it, it's almost like a drag, almost like it. That's the way I interpreted it and the way I took it. I, under, I completely understand everybody that loves it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I totally get the... Uh, ghost and ghouls and how it attracts people, you know, Haunted Mansion. You know, I love that. St- I love Haunted Mansion, but Halloween yeah. itself, just not for me. Is it just like, let's get this out of the way so we get to Christmas so I get my figures under the tree? Like, is that what we're pushing for? <laughs> Dude, I'm more of a Thanksgiving guy, man. Okay. G- give me all the turkeys, you know? <laughs> I like it. Do you eat right, turkeys so under your bed as well? <laughs> oh, no. Hot turkey <laughs> dogs. There turkey it is. Dog. Yeah, turkey dogs. Get it right. Okay, Get it okay, right. Okay. My, my apologies. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> what about you, Breaker? As a kid, did you love Halloween or just Halloween Havoc? Was it like a fun holiday for you growing I, up? I think everyone loves Halloween, um, besides Jeff, apparently. But uh, <laughs> as a, so a fun story, when I was in kindergarten, I was Hulk Hogan for Halloween, and my best friend mm-hmm. was the Macho Man. And uh, Okay. It, oddly enough, it was not intentional. It was just... Like he shows up and he's Macho Man and it was fantastic and I was Hulk Hogan and of course you had the big oversized mask and super ridiculous costumes moment. but it was at the time that was one of the coolest <laughs> things ever and what a moment oh like, yeah when you're a kid you see someone like another anytime you see someone else like no it's more common seeing like a Bullet Club shirt and you give them the two sweet but like as a kid you see someone else like a wrestling and you think oh man we're we're, we're buds we know we we know the same thing it's almost like oh, that guy's cool we don't have to worry about him you know yep. yeah and um <laughs> funny enough um when i was a young kid so this came out in 91 so i'd have been about six probably five or six mm-hmm. i remember watching this pay-per-view my my cousin the havoc 91 yeah uh, okay. um, my cousin had a boyfriend at the time who they were probably high school, college age, he got all the pay-per-views and he knew I liked wrestling. So they would always invite me over. And you know, I was so young. I didn't really know a lot about 
WCW even then, but I just remember like having this vivid memory of the Steiner brothers electrocuting a big fat guy. And it's it's one of those spoilers, sorry, but it's 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 one of those things where you're like, Well surely I don't remember that correctly. Like there's no way that happened. And then like, you know, years later yeah. before the network they would do like the, you know, WWE WWE classics on demand or whatever and they would show little clips of this. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Oh my god, that is that actually happened. So um, yeah, so ha- but Halloween Havoc to me, that's always going to be like WCW's best pay per view. Such a cool name. I'm I'm kind of a mark for um, themed pay per views or events. I think those are always more fun than just like you know battleground or whatever. Something that kind of there's, has a theme to it. There's a reason WWE brought it back with NXT and they're bringing it back again. And when I met Eric Bischoff at Starcast a couple years ago, I had him sign a Havoc uh, tape, and I was talking about Havoc, and he looked at it. He goes, "Oh, Halloween Havoc." And he goes, you know, Havoc was always my favorite pay-per-view. He's like, I think that was like, when I took over, that was kind of the flagship pay-per-view. Yeah. And I think, and if someone was asking, like, oh, not Starcade? He goes, not when I was in charge. He goes, the biggest pay-per-view for us was always Halloween Havoc. And you think about those years, it was Hogan Savage. It was Hogan Piper in a cage. Mm-hmm. So they really did push those those Havoc pay-per-views for sure. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Jeff, when, DDP and Goldberg was, was another one. F- yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the famous Warrior Hogan debacle uh, what was the first did you ever what was the first time you saw this pay-per-view jeff do you remember 91 um, uh, or just halloween and havoc halloween havoc now, this this one we're talking about, havoc 91 for me first time i saw it was probably when the network came out i never was able to see it because there was no way to see it unless you had in the vhs tape but do you remember what first time you saw it uh, yeah because spoiler well, i shouldn't say spoiler uh yeah my parents might have had a uh, way to get the pay-per-view i think the uh what's the what's it called uh cheater box yeah but what's the thing it's called like where too much time passes they can't press charges anymore statute of limitations oh uh, yes yes. that that's passed so you're okay oh okay (laughs) so my parents had a cheater box Uh and uh that's when we that's how we watched all the pay-per-views back then Mm -hmm. so i i it's funny we're talking about this match tonight because i was thinking about it the first time we ever saw it we were, uh, Scott and I were sitting downstairs where the cheater box was, and I remember and going back to Breaker saying I remember a fat guy getting electrocuted. Scott and I knew it was Abdullah the Butcher. Well, I remember seeing and again I'm going to spoil something here. I remember seeing the uh, handle come down, mm-hmm. and I was like that thing fell too early, <laughs> and it didn't electrocute him. Something ain't right here. They messed that up or something's something's wrong here. Something ain't yeah. right. Um, but anyways, we watched it that night because we had to watch every pay-per-view at that time. Yeah, and also for me, around this time, I was just kind of discovering WCW. And so in 91, I was seven or eight years old. And when you're a kid, especially when you, we were kids, finding when stuff was on was part of the challenge. Like, okay, I saw wrestling once. When's it going to be on again? Right. With WWE, it was pretty easy. It's like, all right, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, we'll figure it out. But WCW wanted like 6.05 and kind of a weird time at Saturday nights. So maybe I'm out with my friends. I never knew when everything was on. Right now is around when I figured it out. And I think when Flair came to the WWF, too, was when I figured out a lot more about WCW because they mentioned it and my neighbor across the street was like super pumped. And he was older. He was like, oh, Ric Flair's the best wrestler ever. He's like, oh, he was like... 
I guess you'd call him what is a, a smart mark now. He was like, oh, Hogan's not a good, he's not the champion. Flair's the real wrestler. It's like <laughs> saying now like, oh, Kenny Omega's better than Roman Reigns right. or, or whatever they're doing now. So <laughs> the, that's why I laugh at all the shit talk that happens online between Fed. It's, it's been happening forever. It just now we hear about it more. It's it's more so broadcast. That's what, but what's funny, though, is this yeah, is one of the first big events that WCW did without Flair, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Well, Great American Bash because that's when he didn't. That's when they didn't show up. Right, remember, but this was like the, post. Like he, I think he was. Was he in the WWF yet? I think he debuted in August. So he did. Yeah, August or yeah, he did because he started his feud with Piper and then interfered in Hogan and put a chair in the Survivor Series match the next month. So right. very spooky time in '91 because we think about it. Next next month, WWF's got Hogan Undertaker. So yeah. there's. Something going on with the spookiness in 1991 in wrestling. Definitely. You know what's funny? You brought up the trash talk. Do you guys mm-hmm. remember back in 96, 97, 98 when there was trash talk? We mm-hmm. used to like live for it. Oh now God, everybody's yeah. like, I don't like this. I don't I, I don't think it's necessary that they take shots at each other. And it's like, Dude. oh my God, you guys would not have lived through the Attitude Era. Yeah, especially <laughs> in school. Right. Like you showed up in a Goldberg shirt. It's like, what, what's your problem, bro? <laughs> Goldberg now? Like- what are we doing here? You know. <laughs> well, I, I remember seeing Goldberg on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and it, it's kind of funny now because at the time, you know, this is probably '98. Goldberg's the hottest thing in WCW. To me, he's mm-hmm. this unstoppable monster, right? And still is apparently yeah, yeah. starting yeah. tomorrow. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> tomorrow he's got a match. <laughs> but in that in that interview, he actually says, "I'll put up a hundred thousand dollars of my own money, Austin. I'll see you anytime, any place." And oh my god, yeah, like it happened. And of course, Jay Leno's like, That's right, Austin. Anytime, any place, hundred thousand dollars of his own money if you got the guts. And, and I'm th- and looking back, I'm like, What on earth would he attempt to accomplish with that? Like, it's still pro wrestling, it's still a work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's kind of like uh, the recent comment Roman Reigns made of like, I could take out any of those guys and throw them out of the club. And then Junior Dos Santos yeah. comments back, like, You're gonna throw me out of the club. And I'm like, This is still a work, <laughs> right? I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here, boys? Like, what's going on? And this is, I guess, ties in WWE a bit with Bischoff, because everyone saw Eric Bischoff's comments saying Tony Khan just shouldn't be talking shit, and everyone's calling Bischoff a hypocrite. And then Bischoff's response is, well, well, I was talking stuff when I was competing with them, but, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about this, I want to talk about ridiculous Halloween Havoc stuff. <laughs> I, I went back, because I thought I remembered this right. If you guys remember that first press conference for Nitro and they announced Nitro and Sting and Hogan and Macho Man and Bischoff are at the press conference mm-hmm. and Bischoff flat out says before Nitro even had their first episode saying, we're coming at you. We're our competition. He's calling WWF out right then before they even had a show. So I don't know. Somebody, somebody commented like, guess Bischoff didn't get an offer for AEW. So he's all pissed off or something like that. But <laughs> I like Eric Bischoff. He was super nice to me at Starcast, despite all the beers he had. Right. I mean, super nice it's, guy. it's one of those things. It's easy to look at it differently when you're not the one yeah. calling him right. out. So I, I mean, say we get, whatever. we get started because I'm sure more Halloween memories and everything will flow as we watch this. Absolutely. And, the plans to watch the one match, but we'll see how it goes. We may just keep it flowing. We'll see. I've got a, a Rockstar Energy drink. Sorry, Jeff, no bang today because if I had that, it'd be up till midnight. <laughs> this is only 150 milligrams of caffeine. I'm okay. I've got a key lime pump- pie coursing through my veins right now. So There you yeah. go. <laughs> Jeff, anything? I, Water? Agua? No, I actually don't have anything. I, 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 I feel naked over here. That's. Uh, I mean, it's not well, a video I, call. So I'm also naked, but I don't have a drink, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a pumpkin smasher beer for the occasion. Beautiful. All right. 
you guys ready to hit play in the uh, Halloween Havoc? Everyone at eight seconds? Absolutely. I'm ready so. to touch B- Barry Windham's ghost right now. Yes, in stereo we're available. Everybody's got their cock open, peacock open. <laughs> Had to do it because Jeff and Jeff and Scott love the, as we call it, the beavers and butter humor. And if you guys see some of the text uh, messages uh, Jeff and I send to each other, you wouldn't be friends with us ever what? again. What? <laughs> the what memes, are you talking? The memes, and they just... <laughs> <laughs> all right I'm, I'm not gonna say anything all right so eight seconds on three wall hit our play button and we'll be we'll be around the same i'm gonna turn the volume down mainly so there's no overlap on the mics but we'll get started so everybody ready ready yep eight seconds three on go three two one go okay so like we said we've got the high-tech graphics oh there's butcher is that Kevin Nash? Oh, man. That was Oz. That was Oz. <laughs> yes. Rick Steiner. He has a pretty killer match with Bill Kazmaier on this show. El Gigante. Look at this, like, Windows 3.1 graphics of the of the mansion they're going through. And this is cheesy, but I love it. Dude, this I was think great if they in did the this, time, like, though. If they did this for NXT now, people will lose their minds. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and the lo- they'd be like, they'd be tweeting about it. <laughs> and the logo's amazing. <laughs> They're in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You ever, anybody ever been to Chattanooga, Tennessee? I have Breaker? not ever been to the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee in my entire life. Ooh, they got the popcorn fireworks going off. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> arena is cool. So this arena is cool because it's small and old. It's unique. So if you notice in these old WCW shows, particularly because they do a lot of southern arenas, they're all unique. Yeah. Now every arena is basically designed to have as many luxury boxes and premium seats as possible, which I get. But they're all unique. They're cool looking. So, you know, the Cow Palace, which, Jeff, I'm sure you know about. And, uh, sure do. The Rosemont Horizon, which they remodeled the Allstate, but the Rosemont was a little dirtier than that, too. So it's cool seeing these old arenas. We've got Jim Ross and Tony. Oh, my God. Guys, the AEW announcers are in front of us right here. Wow, that's, wow, that's true. <laughs> also, too, you notice like they, they took the time to give them both a different foam ball on their microphone. It's like, mm-hmm. Ross, you take mm-hmm. blue. Shivani, you take red. I don't know. It- why but i also this is a weird thing but i remember the galoob ring had this i love that the wcw ropes were blue black and like yellow yes that, there's just something about that that's kind of fun there's that guy eric bishop we just talking about we these did people. they're all still relevant today 20 years ago c squad announcer right there wait a minute when was this <laughs> when was havoc 91 i'm gonna look up the date we might be exactly 20 years cactus jack shows up at a rental car <laughs> what is happening? That's, that is he's, probably he his Abdul, real car. The, the, see, he drove Abdullah the butcher. There's something like Abdullah the butcher. Like, obviously he drives, but it's it's kind of weird seeing him in a tie. Like, I don't know. He just pulls up. Oh my god, this is amazing. I mean, this is even story. It's amazing. Okay, so this took place October 27th, 91. We are seven days away from 20 years ago today. This this pay per view took place 20 years ago. Scott and Jeff are crisscross applesauce in the basement, watching legal cable. <laughs> hey, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Someone showed up and looks like a DeLorean almost. Who is it? Is that a, is that a pacer? Got out? Is that How DDP? Did... It looks like oh, the Wayne's World car. It is DDP. He's got the diamond yes. stud with him. Yep. Funny yeah, enough, I remember the diamond jacket. stud, but I had no recollection that that was Razor Ramon when Razor debuted. Okay. Yeah, it was weird when they did crossovers. You were like, okay, who's who? I remember when somebody, and this, I was really young, someone told me that Barry Darce of the Blacktop Bully was from Demolition. I'm like, no, he's not. That's not the same guy. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Oh. Uh-oh. Here Close it is. is. Here it is. Uh-oh. Oh. So Ar- Ar- Arn and Zabisco just crushed Barry's arm. It's the cruncher, Larry like, Zabisco. Legit. 
they took the driver's side door and crushed it. Dustin is there to save him. Is that a Chrysler LeBaron that just <laughs> destroyed his hand? <laughs> like, hey, and I guess move he's over. I got to drive you to the hospital, pal. <laughs> this is amazing. Bishop's like, I'm outside in a tuxedo. What is going on here? Probably pretty hot there. All right, we've, we we could see the cage now, which that's a cool looking cage, right? Like I love how it bends in at the top. That's a really cool design. I'm sure someone's made a custom of that somewhere for uh, ring skirts. Yeah. Ring right. skirts. Yeah, I was Get just about it. to say that. We got to We need a Havoc '91 Chamber of Horrors set. So you've got some time to do yeah, it. Look at that. Get on it. I actually really so like this. this as stage. bad as this looks, I think it's really cool that they come out of the front door of the haunted house. Oh yeah. yes, yes. Looks like a and, high school play, and <laughs> I think everybody can just admit <laughs> high school play. Well done. Um, I think everybody can admit that Halloween Havoc always had the best stage setups. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You got a giant floating pumpkin. I remember inflatable pumpkin. You're not going to go wrong. No. <laughs> the, oh, there it is. The switch. They have a name for it, don't they? The fatal lever, maybe. Isn't that what it's called? The giant El Gigante. <laughs> Dude, I love this guy as a kid. Like looking back, so did on I. It. You know why? Because I had his, tr- I had so many of his trading cards. Yeah, so from I those WCW it. trading cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I always traded them for more Missy Hyatt ones. But... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> she was. She was a my. She was my first wrestling. Like I think she's hot. Yeah. Because Elizabeth was classy. Missy oh. Hyatt was. Not classic. So I don't know if this is a known thing, but I remember as a kid watching this, and you know, I said I was watching it with my uh, with my cousin's boyfriend at the time, and he had said, "Well, Vader wasn't supposed to be in this. Oz was supposed to be in this." I remember he kept saying that. So they must have announced Oz at one point. And uh, wonder if Kevin Nash regrets that. How have they not made an Oz like Legends figure yet? By the way, yeah, I don't know. and then here comes the Diamond Stud, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, dude, a.k.a. Scott Hall. Dude, he's looking literally jacked the same guy. Look at him. Like Literally the same guy. Yeah, he's he's ready to uh, go with his... There goes the toothpick. Yeah. He, he, bro, bro, that's DDP will tell you the same story over and over again about who he gave him the toothpick. <laughs> that cage looks so flimsy. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Cactus his Jack cactus has a chainsaw. His chainsaw. Why wouldn't he? Do you think there's a chain on it or no? I'm no. going to say yes. It's WCW. I'm going to say yes. Did anybody <laughs> else Did anybody else ever fear when Brutus Beefcake would walk to the ring and he would be his... s- snapping the shears and people are holding their hands out to touch mm-hmm. him? Think someone's <laughs> anybody else hit that panic button a little bit? I think so, yeah. <laughs> That's why That could have gone so badly. Right? Exactly. And, and then the one, of the gr- one of the greatest tag teams ever, Steiner Brothers. They were, and I was, I was such a huge fan of their short WWF run. Oh, when they yeah, came, yeah. I was like, all right, this is like, this is the team. Yep. And they're like, all right, we're good. I, I never How noticed that Rick Steiner's got a Halloween uh, singlet on. He's, he said he's on brand. I think they were just about a year. It was like 93 and that was it. Yeah. Yep. They were in the and 94 this... Rumble. That was one of their last appearances. So yeah, they're just probably about a full year. This is weird. They're interv- they're introducing the bad guys along with the good guys instead of all the bad guys and then all the good guys. Mm-hmm. I love how, how each guy's got like a, a terrible pyro display. Like Abdullah just says the <laughs> and that's it. It's like, yeah, that's all he gets. Um, 
Abdul the Butcher's pants are so high. <laughs> They're so high above his waist. It's like length 64, waist 57. <laughs> So your U.S. champ is in this ridiculous match. He lost his belt. Sting, too. He was, a year ago, he was the champion, beating Ric Flair at the Great American Bash. Yeah. Now he's jerking the curtain and whatever this is. I think it's great that they made this match first, too. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, it it kind like, this has got to be either first or last because it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's too much happening. Um. So really quick, so does anyone know the official rules? Who knows this match better than go over the official rules of how you're supposed to win the match? Well, I, I think that's the match the, gets the chair here. comes down. You have to put someone in the chair. Like Cactus yes. Jack just about took out that cage when he got whipped into it. <laughs> Scott Steiner, five seconds in, is already doing a power. Bump. Oh, that's Steiner's going to get his stuff in, no doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Steiner's tried to start the chainsaw on the outside for some reason. He's literally going to murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> this match. This match is already chaotic. This is great. Well, I stand corrected. Maybe yep. a murder ends it too. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, is but a chainsaw is not that crazy when the actual finish is. So we're gonna put a guy in an electric chair and you know electrocute him. Like who signs what up for that? Like coffins? does the diamond stud are, know what he signed up for here? What are with the coffins in the corner? There's two coffins in the opposite. Hard I think some of, dudes come cam. out of those, don't they? Like in Legends of the Hidden Temple, when the guys came out and like scared the kids. And that. Yeah, but these oh. aren't the the orange oh, yeah, iguanas, you know. So, yeah, see, a dude came out of there, and just got took care of. Him. Yeah. Can we talk about the horrible camera that they used to hook up to a hockey helmet? The referee. To the referee. I I did not like that camera, man. I mean, that looks like Kevin Dunn now hitting the the cut 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 what? cut button. Oh, dude, don't even get me started on Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Man. <laughs> What are with the numbers? I don't know if you saw there's numbers on Scott Steiner's ties. Those like Michigan area codes or something? Maybe. Ooh. I yeah, that's Great weird. Question. It's like it's like I need a new singlet. How about a bunch of numbers? Yeah. <laughs> and this match is also so crazy. You don't know who's on whose team. You don't know who's doing what or who's helping who. Well, at the time you knew who was bad, who was good. So you you kind of got an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh Giant Gonzalez is doing one of his four moves that he actually knew how to do in the corner. Um, mm. But you knew who was good and who was bad. So you knew Vader, uh, Foley, Abdullah, they were all on one team. So, uh, But for somebody that's just watching this blindly, I could I can see what you mean. Yeah. Who are your big WCW favorites at this time? Uh, I guess Breaker, you go first, and Jeff. I'm curious who you guys were. Oh, it's big it's fans definitely uh, Sting and the Steiners. But actually, too, an, okay. another yeah. guy I really enjoyed, um, and I didn't know he had a Galoob figure till many years later because it was UK exclusive. Was a uh, Big Josh, big fan of him. Oddly enough, I don't I don't really know why. Other than I just thought you, he was cool. You weren't a fan of Lasertron. I don't even remember Lasertron. Like, I remember the name, but I don't actually ever remember seeing Lasertron. Uh, Firecracker Chip. I do rem- hey, they're on this chip. show. I remember that. Arachnaman. What Arachnaman. about you, Jeff? Uh, you know, Sting and Steiners. Um, yeah. I mean, these guys were, uh, they were basically carrying WCW at this time. Here's the chair. And now they're lowering the oh. evil. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they're Foley's just, about to get crushed by it. Cactus Jack get dropped on his head by the Steiner brothers. <laughs> Well, and what's now funny is like they didn't the, think uh, about this. This comes down to the ring. There's nowhere to work. There's nowhere to go. It, they're in a cage, so there's like you can barely go to the outside. It's like what 
this is so bad. I mean, it's great, but this it's is, horrible. This is Triple H's <laughs> throne surrounded by a shark cage yeah. in the middle of the ring. <laughs> well done, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very good at descriptions. I've been working on my, with my one-year-old and her reading and describing, so now I'm good at that. <laughs> or my one-year-old, my first grader. But Breaker Six actually brings up a great point. Like, how do you work with this? Like, you can't whip somebody in the ropes. You can't come off the top. I mean, basically, you're working the outside. That's it. Well, especially with eight yeah. guys in the ring already, that's kind of that could be dangerous as far as like kind of doing a battle royal is kind of difficult. You don't because you always have that one guy that wants to whip a guy across the ring, and like so much bad mm-hmm. can happen. You just got to have to kind of stay in one spot. Vader putting on his working boots, so taking the big clothesline over the top. What would you do in this match? Let's oh, it's, I want to be on the outside that. on the floor doing what Sting and Cactus are doing, just throwing punches. You know, that's really all you can do. I love this spot. Sting <laughs> drops it right on top the of coffin. his head. The, co- the original coffin drop. That's where uh, Darby Allen stole it uh, from. That Sting's his mentor, right? Oh. Yeah. Oh my God, we're coming full circle. So really quick, what happened was Sting had the wooden coffin, threw it up in the air the lid of it and it dropped on cactus's head so that's the original coffin drop that's where darby got it from we got some guys in white jumpsuits on the outside in white face paint for some reason i, I love how I it's it's so blatantly obvious these are like tennessee extras like by their haircuts and stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know when wwe disguises someone as like an emt you're like yeah that guy's an indie wrestler very clearly like by yeah. his hair and yeah and his you know yeah. his tattoos and everything like it's very obvious to me that these are you know local 90s indie tennessee wrestlers i i always love seeing the indie workers back in the 90s to that actually kind of became something or uh Mm -hmm. job guys back in the day that actually became something it's actually one of the one of my favorite things when i look back at a lot of these shows look at abdullah climbing oh oh did you see that shot yeah scott steiner don't give a crap juice i got juice on (laughs) cactus jack too like it's this is like a great idea for us to watch but there's so much crap happening in like but at the same time nothing is happening (laughs) yeah well it's also one of those matches where they probably are like yeah go 10 or 12 minutes which doesn't sound like a long time but when you can't do anything it's a long time because like nothing can really happen at this point Cactus and Sting on the cage, and and Cactus Jack. No matter what, he's gonna give his all. Like oh, he yeah. doesn't care. He's like, hey, I'm on pay per view. People pay. Well, some people pay for this. Jeff didn't pay for it. People <laughs> paid <laughs> to watch this pay per view. <laughs> Has the statue of limitations run out? Yeah. How long did that last? Did it last through the Attitude Era? Oh yeah. Okay. Because I remember when everything went digital. That's when all those things got zapped. Because we had a friend that had one too. I had like a connection for it. Oh, gotcha. I had like a hookup. He was like, he would come to school on Monday with my tape. Like, here's the pay-per-view. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I remember we I'm, had yeah. one kid. I'm glad how they have. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I'm glad how they haven't gone back to the referee eye cam. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy about that. <sighs> Poor, Cactus is working his ass off in this he match. He got thrown over the yeah, top rope. Yeah, huge bump over the top rope there. Does Does anybody remember the buildup to this? Like, what? were teams being drawn or like did all these guys have feuds with the other guys or does anybody it's, remember that i i don't. have no memory of that but oddly enough i remember the rest of this card's kind of lackluster and you think about it though you have sting and the steiners your your biggest baby faces in the opening match and you can't even showcase their skills well right. isn't it's luger's ron simmons in the main event yeah, right for the title that's correct and then and is this when harley was with luger yes Okay. 
Well, you got that to look forward to. And you got the, uh, you know, heavy metal Van Hammer against Doug Summers. They're still talking yes. about that in the streets of Chattanooga. <laughs> Could you? All right. So I always like, I would like, I'm a, a crazy person. So I like sometimes look in the audience, these old shows and think like, I see like the kids. It's with on. Their dad. Look, it's on in the on position. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the switch, Dude, that's by like the way, a, that's, that's like a movie mistake. Somebody. Yeah. It's live, pal. They can't nah. fix it. There's the referee eye cam. Darn it. But but the people in the crowd, like the kid's dad, like you, you, you'd, you'd beg your parents, dad, we got to go see the wrestling show. We got to go. We got to go. All right, fine. We'll go. And then he shows up. And this is the first thing he sees. He's like, you sort of, I could be watching football or something. <laughs> You're making me watch this, this, whatever this is. This is also one of those things because this, this kind of goes back to like the show I do. You know, it's fake, right? Where I, mm-hmm. I get upset when people like talk badly about wrestling. But if this is what you see. And like, <laughs> it's hard for me to defend this, right? Like I enjoy it from a, how ridiculous it is perspective. But if you're trying to watch wrestling is like, Oh, I want to see what wrestling's all about. And this is what you see in this era. You're like, Oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> actually, a lot of the people in the crowd are actually standing. And I don't know if it's cause they can't see or I'm going to go with, they can't see. This is also a car wreck <laughs> type match because they don't know that this electric chair is not going to be good, right? So, like, again, imagine being at this show, being like, oh, dear God, an electric chair just came out of the ceiling. Like, Of course, they, they got to the building. They could probably see it up there thinking like, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and going back to more full circle in relation, this whole show is basically just a bridge to AEW, as we found out. Uh, this also has the big dud, just much like the Moxley Omega exploding barbed wire match had the big dud at the, <laughs> the end. The referee just puts Same the switch thing. back in place. Yep. Nick Patrick oh, did knows he? what's up. Oh, I missed it. Nick Patrick knows what's up. He's a professional. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. I, I Now I'm noticing Ricky Steiner's bats on his on his tights. Dude, I love those Memphis jobbers. That is so good. I love to do with the bleach blonde hair. Like, that's just, oh, that's great stuff. You can tell it this, this match has gone so long they legitimately don't know what to do now. Now Abdullah's just stabbing Sting in the freaking <laughs> trap. Well, so far Abdullah's Abdullah's got color. Foley's got color. Mm-hmm. Does Steiner Rick Steiner have Sting color? might have color, but that might be someone else's blood. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's up in his. Yeah, that's up in the uh, blonde crop top. So the switch just jobbers. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There's the See, switch. Cassius is like trying to put it back in place yeah he just did the referees i think telling him like yeah the switch keeps falling did uh diamond did diamond stud get racked i think he's like i'm out bro (laughs) this match sucks i'm out but also those jobbers on the stage if you notice the last shot of them they're all kneeling now because like all right we can't stand anymore we look ridiculous (laughs) as it is we're just gonna kneel down here take a knee boys there's there's your boy diamond stud getting choked by ali higante that was See, this, uh, the second Gante, he wants. That was to, Eligante's fifth move. Yeah, yeah. When Eligante wants to do something, out. that's got to be the scariest thought in the whole world. Like, oh god, because you can just tell he has no. And what's funny, he's been in the business over a year now, and he still like scares the crap out of me to watch because I'm afraid he's going to hurt someone. All right, so we've got Jeff. This is a question for you since you're the expert. So we have everyone on this in this ring now. Who you could pick one guy. I guess, and the Steiners don't count as a team because that'd be cheating. I think we'd all pick them. Who needs a figure that hasn't had one? 
Um, well, Diamond Stud was supposed to have one mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. uh, UK glue, but that didn't happen. Abdullah's had one. Well, I'm talking, let's say Mattel Elite. Let, we want a Mattel Elite because all these guys theoretically could be put into a Legends deal at some point. Uh, okay, so is it wrong to say Steiner's? No, because I think that's a good one. I think like uh, I think a Steiner. You could even do individual elites of them. I think they'd sell awesome. By the way, the referee's putting it up in the back. If you look, there <laughs> that you <go>. keeps falling. <laughs> um, yeah, because we haven't had Steiner Brothers since the um, WCW. Uh, what was that horrible line? The uh, the vibrators. Not the, the no, Griffin Flip, OSFT. Old, oh, not the old San Francisco toy makers. Following the old who toy biz. Oh my god, I'm drawing a toy biz. Thank you, Breaker. That's crazy. Uh oh, here we go. The finish is oh, coming. Oh, here up. we go. Here well, we go. Yeah, Rick and Steiner we'll actually had that. a uh, classic superstars, but Scott never did. Correct. Oh, wow. So I would love a Steiner's Elite. <laughs> He's sitting on the something. headpiece. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, get out of here. <laughs> like this is just so and, bad. Oh, and here so, it is. Here it is. Cactus just, is. just waiting on his cue, trying to like, oh, I'm not looking. Uh, and there it is. You know, this is this is better than the lights out or the barbed wire finish. Oh, God, there's Pyro going into the crowd. Holy <laughs> oh, my shit. God, dude. The ring's on fire. It is on oh fire. <laughs> That's one of my favorite shots right there. It's like not even on his head. Good. He's so, getting cooked. And, and this I is think he's well done. <laughs> Patrick stomping out the ring. Oh, and there man. would be all right that could have there's wood under the canvas the ring could have went up oh yeah right so breaker i've got to ask you you being in the business how do you prepare for something like this <laughs> yes how do you prepare okay for there's the, nothing worse in wrestling match. in my opinion than getting like really bad creative granted mm-hmm. i've never been in a chamber of horrors match but that when you get like like if they if they tell you like here's what we want to do and you know it's bad, you're like okay, and you're trying to pitch ideas. Well, how about this? How about this? How about this? And they're usually like, no, 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 this is what we want to do. There's not a worse feeling than when you do it. You know it's going to be bad, and then they tell you like, well, that didn't really work. It's like, well, yeah, of course it didn't work. Like this is a whole terrible idea. But um, you know, there's times I've had a match that I I remember very specifically. I had a four way match one time, and the promoter wanted three heels, one baby face, and he wanted to do it gauntlet style where it was two guys, then one gets eliminated, a third guy. He wanted the baby face to go through every heel. The last guy beat him in like 20 seconds. And I'm like, okay, (sighs) if you do that, the crowd's going to fart on it because he's winning and winning and winning and then just quickly beat. Oh, it'll be great. I think the crowd will be so hot for it and they're going to hate that heel and no, they didn't. As soon as the match was over, it was like, oh. it was like no reaction. It's, it's like, well, of course not. Like it's that's not good. Like it's like the baby face in a movie overcoming everything. At the very end, the the bad guy kills him. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's just it's not good. Now Abdullah, after being electrocuted, is not happy. As as I probably wouldn't be either. I love he kicks the crew guy and he just no sells it. <laughs> Go be at the orderlies. There's a lot of powder going out in there. And after he just, I mean, I, he tripped over the orderly. <laughs> this is great. I for, forgot about this. So these guys were out here. The only, I guess they're there to bring whoever dies away. And he's pissed at them for that. And now he's, be, is he beating up Cactus? No, he's friends with them. No, he's fighting Cactus too. 
I mean, to be fair, okay. I don't think Abdullah's in his right mind after getting cooked. That's fair. Can he, we, was, he was can electrocuted. We, can we not overlook the fact that he just stomped a crew member who was just trying to replace the stage? Like, some poor guy is just, like, getting paid 15 bucks an hour or something, you know, to work right the show the that night. And he just kicks, kick, yeah, kicked in the face. <laughs> See, this is WCW. Like, this is the stuff we look back at we laugh at. Um but we still have very fond memories of these bloopers. Do you guys, I mean, Jeff, you're what, 10 when this came out then? 10 Nine or 11, or, yeah. Yeah, 10 or 11. So that's, this is, I guess, a kid's type of thing. Oh my God, Eric, Missy Hyde, hold on, I can't talk. Missy Hyde. Wait, did Eric Bischoff was in a tux? Did he just go change? Well, I guess he didn't really just put I think a cape he just, on. But he just slicked I, his hair I, back. So to be fair, I think that Eric Bischoff was doing the interviews earlier in the day. Okay. It's, okay. it's That's not true. appropriate to wear costumes earlier in the day. That's an evening type change. Well, as they were arriving. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, right. But anyway, what I was saying, so this is that was like for, I guess for kids kind of, but there was a lot of blood. Do you guys remember, what were you guys thinking when you are watching this? Like, okay, this was dumb. You're like, oh, this is, because as a kid, I logically, I like, you know, rationalized every wrestling angle I watched. So were oh. you like, this is just dumb or do you just love it? Yeah, basically. We were like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you're sitting there eating pizza and drinking Coke, and you're like, what the, what just did they put me through? What the hell was that? You know, you're just, you're baffled, but you're like, okay, well, it's wrestling because I don't get enough wrestling right now. Because mm-hmm. at the time, it was only 305 out here, at least for WCW, NWA, and you got WWF, and then that was it. So when any pay per view came on, you were hook, line, and sinker. No matter if it was good, bad, ugly, disgusting, uh, watching some crew member get stomped in the face, you wanted to see it <laughs> that all. That was you amazing. Know? <laughs> I know. I, I forgot love about that. I think people forget about the post-match. Everyone remembers the switch and Abdul getting electrocuted. Nobody remembers the post-match. No. not What is this? It's the creatures, bro. Uh, the the creatures. Is this the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that came out in that WWF? I wish, I wish it was the Toxic <laughs> Turtles. Uh, it is not. Toxic <laughs> Turtles, thank you. Listen, that match, I've definitely seen worse matches. I think the Seth Rollins-Fiend-Hell in the Cell match was worse than that Chamber of Horrors match. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that because one. Because here's the deal, and this is not the nostalgia guys. Foley took some good bumps. Steiners were doing suplexes. You had Sting. I mean, the guys Sting were trying, the- right? I'm not... It just it was an impossible task. That's sometimes part of the problem. Yeah, but either way, did you guys see happen to see the Seth Rollins on the Broken Skull sessions with Austin? I did. The, it, was I great. it was good. I was surprised how much I liked it. It was really good. The Ratmaster oh, PN News and Big Josh. That's quite a team right there. We need a PN News elite tomorrow. I agree. <laughs> you know, he was also supposed to the- have a gloob. Look at the deco on that. Was he? Hey, man. What's Doink doing out there? <laughs> Where do you see Doink? <laughs> I, <laughs> Big Josh was Doink. If I remember was right, he? there's a guy that's dancing really bad in the crowd to PN News. We should see him here in a second. Because I remember laughing at it before. Because I may have watched this event a time or two. <laughs> oh, there he goes. There goes some late. There he is. Oh, look at there. <laughs> there he, Conrad. Yeah. he is just he is jamming. <laughs> <laughs> dude that that kid bought front row tickets living his best life and you're making fun of him <laughs> yes i am <laughs> <You> jerk <laughs> he's like I guys think... he's like pn news is the next champion trust me on this 
I, I think the statute of limitations is run out so we can make fun of that kid now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the, like the bowl cut kid from the nineties WWF events. Yes. Christine. Did I tell you, did I tell you we found him on Twitter? Yes. No. Yeah. Yep. Now I've got to go back and refind him because I don't remember what his name was. Good for him. Living his best life. Super- Speaking of, when did that, that Vladimir documentary ever going to come out? Is the Luger documentary ever coming out that Peacock promised us? They delayed all this stuff. What's going on? Peacock. Oh, that's sucks, a good point. Man. It's just weird. I mean, I don't, it's whatever. And beggars can't be choosers. And it, I mean, we wouldn't be able to be watching this so easily right now without the archives that they have. No, no, no doubt so about that's, it. That's but it was positive? just the WWE but, network was so well put together. And I think we all kind of took it for granted. And man, the creatures are yeah. getting some of Big Josh. Yeah, they are. Do we know who the creatures are? I think one of I them is Joey I was just Googling Nags, that. Actually. Okay. Oh, really? I believe so. I'm creature, Googling it. Creature 1's Joey Mags. Don't know who Creature 2 is. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> also, let's say some prayers for Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He needs emergency surgery. Yeah, it's kind of scary. It, Hopefully he's okay. Hands, he, I have all the wrestlers I've met. He's probably the nicest, one of the top one or two nicest guys I've ever met as far as wrestlers go. Every time you meet him, he has a smile on his face. Tells and you the same story, but it's amazing. <laughs> it is, it is. And you know what? It's great. You can sit there and listen to it no matter how many times you have to sit there and listen to it. And he's got an awesome autograph, too. He does. Oh, yeah, beautiful autograph. It's big and, and like I think he's underrated. Everyone kind of always like no one ever really talks about him for being one of the better autographs out there. You're a hundred percent correct. Um, absolutely beautiful autograph. Definitely honorable mentions. I mean, obviously, when you think of beautiful autographs, you're going to bring up Lawler. You're going to bring up Harley Race. You're going to bring up Jeff Hardy. You know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Brutus, um, Bret Hart. Yeah, but definitely Hacksaw is an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually going to send a question to your show about that. Your the lesser known good autographs. Because I meant to send one in for three hundred, but then I ran out of time. So sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you understand? You understand? <laughs> you had you had plenty of submissions. You were fine. <laughs> you were fine. This match is this match is a bad too. Breaker shitting on this pay per view, saying it's bad. We got the kid dancing. We've got Big Josh. Dude, what Big else Josh do you and want PN here? News are working got... a pretty solid tag match. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. We got Doink the Clown and PN News working over Joey Mags and Johnny Rich. Is that who it is? You yeah, I don't it? know who Johnny Rich is. Well, he's the next Mike Modest. He's ready. <laughs> hey, hey, Modest was ready. Yes, Modest was ready. <laughs> I love Beyond the Mat so much. One, because like my friend that I we, we watched it so many times. And of course, Jeff, you were like a, basically like a cameraman or like an intern or worked for that fed yeah. out in California, yep, which I don't I think a lot of people it. know. Yeah, we used to work for All Pro Wrestling when uh, they were actually filming for Beyond the Mat. Uh, But I was friends with a lot of those guys with Donovan Morgan, excuse me, Donovan Morgan, Michael Modest, uh, Mm -hmm. Crash Holly, uh, Mike Lockwood. He was the leprechaun in APW. Um, We were friends with a lot of those guys. We'd hang out after the show and stuff. So, uh, you know, what's funny is we joke about you know, when they say on beyond the map, modest was modest is ready. That mm-hmm. dude was ready. Cause he was so technically sound. Like yeah. every single APW show he put on the best match. Well, and, Vince McMahon would tell you he has a nice bridge, nice wrestling move for a change. 
but Jeff, I don't know if you know this, I admired but um, modesty. Simon Gotch actually came out of all pro wrestling too. Yeah, he was he was after I had left. So I didn't get to see him and um I kind of left the territory. I left the territory. <laughs> uh, they dropped me out. They dropped me out to the new cameraman, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's really that's cool. Like I said, I think I think if you guys did uh I mean maybe I'll do one with you like the history of your experience with all pro wrestling sometime. But I love the best part of Beyond the Mat was the editing with Roland going, guys are getting paid. They're getting paid well and they love it. Next cut. Sometimes I haven't been paid after wrestling. I'm not paid anything. <laughs> the editing was just amazing with that. I, I liked Roland, but I felt bad for a lot of the guys because he worked into their contracts where like, he would make X amount of dollars. I forget how the the wording worked, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. They mentioned but, on the documentary, like if, he, if his guys get signed, he would get, I forget what percent it was, but it was. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually yeah. not an uncommon thing. They call that like a finder's fee. Um, yeah is it yeah, like yeah. is it like in perpetuity or is it just like your initial signing well i mean from what i from what i understand and i could be wrong like it never affected my money but wwe would throw harley a little bit because i that's where i mm-hmm. came from but i, I think that was mm-hmm. kind of a customary thing to kind of help out these school i mean it's honestly it's a smart move on wwe's part to throw them a few bones to hopefully make their school better, right? Because that's a, that's a breeding ground, yeah. especially nowadays without like, well, I mean, before AEW, I guess, when they didn't really have that. Um, it, w- it would be smart business to yeah. throw some cash to different places. Yeah, and well, nowadays what's cool is, I mean, we're, fingers crossed, coming out of the pandemic and indies are just hotter than ever mm-hmm. and they're drawing big crowds pretty much all over. I think the big one out here is uh, Warrior Wrestling is one of the big local ones out here that's not, a mainstream one. So they're drawing big houses, the high school all the time. How many people awesome. show up to it? So there's a couple different ways. Sometimes they do it on the football field. Uh-huh. So, oh. I mean, it's not sold out, but it is packed. Uh, Jeff verbal Suze on Twitter. He lives over by me and he goes all the time. So you got a few hundred. Um, last nice. week, Bret Hart was in town to do autographs and I was going to go, but it was kind of, kind of shady how they did it. So it wasn't, a, you buy a ticket for the show and you pay Brett, you know, his fee for an autograph. It was, it's 150 bucks, but you get access to our fan fest beforehand. It includes an autograph with Brett. I'm like, all right, well, I don't need to meet Frank the Clown or whoever you've got booked here <laughs> for 150 bucks. You know, you know, I want to meet Brett, but like 150 for a Brett autograph is too high. So it was kind of shady how they did it, but I'm sure they had to make their money back with whatever they paid Brett because I'm sure Brett got a flat fee. Sure. Side note, Bobby Eaton's walking to the ring right now. It's never beautiful. Like this. They changed this... the set. Did they? Oh, that's I right. That. I, I remember and noticing look at Bobby this before, Eaton. but I don't know why. Because it's now it's like that silver kind of curtain with the WCW mm-hmm. logo. I mean, it probably someone in production's like, that looks like shit. Take it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the logo's but look at Bobby. for some reason. And now walking to the ring, Terry Taylor. He's Taylor-made man. Terrence Taylor. Terrence Taylor. Terrence, I apologize. I apologize. And again, AEW Connection, former wife of Goldust from the York Foundation here. Mm -hmm. Marlena, whatever you want to call her. But um, one thing I loved about Bobby Eaton, when Bobby Eaton got into the ring, he shook the ring announcer's hand. Like, what a gentleman. Bobby Eaton was like the nicest guy in the world, you know? He was. Everybody loved Bobby Eaton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And I mean, like, who may, who walks into the ring and shakes the ring announcer hand? True. Nobody does. Bobby Eaton this, does. This goes back to what I say all the time on the show. Like, I watch so much old wrestling. I'm like, I wish guys would steal stuff yeah. that they haven't done in 20 years. Like, if somebody started doing this, that'd be awesome. Like, mm-hmm. steal, like just being like an obnoxious guy. I, I like everyone. I'm going to shake the ring announcer's hand. You know, so they got to start stealing stuff and stop worrying about Meltzer drivers and whatever else, as much as we love those. <laughs> Terry Taylor's straight up the million dollar man with that get up, isn't he? I mean, his name is Terrence Taylor, not Terry. He's got on, uh, looks like Brian Danielson colors there with the red trunks and everything. Yeah. Miss York is going over her data analysis of Bobby Eaton. Again, isn't someone he the computerized what? man of the 21st century? And that is tagline here. Uh, yes. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You good guys, memory. You guys were watching this, so you are watching WC more than I was. When Marlena showed up in WWF, did you recognize her as from the York Foundation? Nope. Scott had to tell me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because she's obviously a completely different look, too, and smoking right. a cigar and all that. Yeah, Yeah, Scott. I remember Scott going, I think that's Alexander York or, Alexander York or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can kind of see it. Because, you know, obviously the big change of look. You're like, okay, yeah. yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Has the, oh, uh, I forgot what I was listening to, but Jeff, you should probably preach this. Someone was saying that, so Malachi Black will not sign his NXT Elite. So that was uh, James Frank. He was working the PWG show. He's a cameraman. Yeah, that's down. why I heard. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's working for Pro Wrestling Gorilla, and he does the camera crew. And I guess they were doing um, uh, takes in the back. And he went up to Malachi Black and he said, "Do you have? Uh, can I get an autograph from you?" And he goes, "Sure." And he goes, "What you got?" And he goes, "I got a figure." And he goes, "Which one?" And he goes, "The uh, Elite. I forget which series that is. Yeah, uh, with the black jacket and everything." And he goes, "Oh yeah, I'll sign that." And he goes, "Is there something you won't sign?" He goes, "Yeah, I won't sign my NXT figure." He goes, "There's only one signed, and it's it's to my mom," which is and- awesome. Oh, that's right. so he specifically the NXT figure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he will not sign. And that's the weird thing. Like, what if he's working a show, like, you know, doing autograph signings, and somebody comes to the autograph signing? Was it and your show I heard it on, Jeff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. I thought I heard it on your show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that's what I'm kind of confused by. So, like, it, you know, if he's working, let's say, a con or something like that, mm-hmm. and somebody comes to the con and. They all they have is the NXT figure. Is he not going to sign that? You know, they're going to pop down twenty twenty five bucks, whatever his uh, fee may be. Is he hmm. not going to sign that, or is he you know, just sorry? I can't sign I that mean, and sw- swap it for a photo or something. I'd be smart to have a stack of his other elites. Like you could buy this elite off me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that I remember that could actually a few rub... years ago. Ken Shamrock had those. Good. No, I was going to say that could rub people the wrong way if that's what they brought and they didn't know that. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what I kept thinking. So, but I mean, um, that's what he told James uh, out back in the PWG. So, can you think of any other wrestler that won't sign an item like a type of item? Because as far these all the, the carnies will all as far as I know, all these carnies will sign anything. You go to WrestleCon, you you get the cash; they'll still sign it. I know. <laughs> like that, that makes me wonder. I wonder if like Cody would be like apprehensive to sign like a Stardust Elite or something. No, I no. I. I I was at a, when he was doing the indies before he joined uh, like Bullet Club and stuff, or no, he just joined Bullet Club. Kids had Stardust figures. He was signing them like full deal. 
Yeah. I actually have my Stardust figure where he was holding up the two Penny tag titles signed mm-hmm. by him. I heard that uh, Kane hates the Isaac Yankum stuff. I heard yes, that. Yes, but he does sign it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Breaker, was that you actually that told us that? I knew he hated Isaac Yankum. Hmm. And I heard him on a podcast one time. Might have been Steve Austin's actually, and he was – I don't remember which one it was, but he was talking about that. And he was like, basically he was saying like, they're trying to sell me like this is a good idea. And I, and I know like this is not good, but I'm not in a position to say, no, I have to take this. Yeah. And well, and, he gets to work with Bret Hart right out of the gate. So right, that's not but bad. Like the way he said, Vince was like, so I got a question. Have you ever been scared of the dentist? And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I could tell, I'm sure Vince was kind of like, Come on, you got to be scared of the dentist, you know, like trying to sell them like it's a good idea. But then he said, yeah, but I'll never live down Isaac Yankum. I mean, they just made a figure like I'll ne- I'll never not see this. And so I, that yeah. kind of dawned on me. It's like, ah, he's probably getting asked to sign that one. But I mean, yeah, I haven't fake diesel is also equally as bad, I think. Diesel? Oh, the fake diesel? Yeah. Let's say, will, will, someone's get, will someone bring Kane a diesel to sign? And have it signed new diesel or something or fake diesel. Actually, I don't know if you guys know this. That's how Kevin Nash was able to go into the Hall of Fame as Kevin Nash because they wanted to put him in as diesel. And he said, no, because I'm not the only guy to wrestle here as diesel. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Interesting. Well, Razor did it. Razor he, didn't care. I, know. I think Razor just wanted a payday, you know. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we should probably update everybody. Uh, Bobby Eaton's... Uh, Working the wrist on Terrence Taylor yeah. right now. There, the there's old, not the much hammer lock. in this match. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a professional, as we've already agreed. We already talked about here. Uh, speaking of Kevin Nash, I heard that you know his uh, ringside Wolfpack figure. He yeah. only signs it in red. Oh, nice. He won't sign it in another color. Like someone told me that they asked him, "Like, could you sign this white paint pen?" He looked at it, he goes, "No, I only signed this one in red," which is stupid because it doesn't pop as much. Yeah. So when we went to comic or Stockton Con just a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. I took the uh, Shredder NECA figure. Yeah. And you might have heard this as well, but when I walked when I walked up to Kevin, I actually put down a paint pen, and I stand back up, and he's looking right at me, and he's got a paint pen, he's holding it up with this big grin on his face, and it's a green fine tip paint pen, and I'm like, "Are you gonna use that one?" And he goes, "Trust me." And this lady was sitting behind him, and she goes, yeah, trust him. And I was like, well, he signed a billion of these, but I don't know about this fine point. You know, I'm not a big fine point paint pen guy. You know, I'm mm-hmm. getting picky about my paint pens, but whatever. Sure. And anyways, he, uh, I said, all right, dude, you've signed a billion of these. And sure enough, it came out really good. Um, it, it looks fantastic. So uh, I, I guess that could go back to the red paint pen thing. Sometimes Could you gotta be. maybe, but sometimes you gotta trust them. Guys that do the cons and like Kevin Nash, in fairness, like he does he does a ton of them, but he doesn't scribble his name, he writes it out. Uh you gotta trust him. So when I met Jerry Lawler, I was gonna have him sign my Andy Kaufman two pack. I was like, you know what? Let's go like bright green, just a complete contrast of the of the rest of the packaging. And Lawler looks at me and goes, You want green? I go, Yeah. He goes, Well, I've signed this before. He goes, trust me, this this yellow is going to pop. And he like 
went under his table and like he had like a whole box of pens pulled out the paint pen it looks like gorgeous and they he signed it go oh you're right and his handler's like yeah he's an artist always trust the king i'm like all right cool trust the king i guess <laughs> trust the king hey jeff real quick i gotta throw this out there um i don't i don't believe you're probably a huge neca collector but what do you think for autographs i love the fact that the neca box is open like a book because then you can kind of close it up and so that autograph is kind of always protected i think that's a cool thing so that is a cool thing, except the bad thing is, is when you go to display it, do you display it with the box closed or with the box flap open? That's well, that's a, that's an interesting point too. I don't know. You display it yeah. how Jeff does in a tote in his garage. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> in fairness, you have a shitload of autographs up on your wall now in your office. So good job for you and Celeste for getting all those up. Uh, well, me mainly, not Celeste. Just Listen, me. I saw the time lapse video. She was helping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hey, don't call me out on the totes out in the garage. Allegedly. Hey, man, I'm I'm gonna call you on totes. <laughs> I'm gonna send your address to people so they can rob you. They can rob you. We're gonna do a heist like in the the Italian job. Bunch of Mini Coopers gonna come up and steal all the figures. <laughs> <laughs> just take the neck. Uh, excuse me. Just take the Funkos, please. How about those? Oh man, are you out of the? Are you out of Funkos? Are you are you tapped out in the Funkos? I'm, I'm tapped out on Funkos, dude. Like it has That's to be so 2017, that. right? But they're still so popular. It's still nuts how much they're getting. I can't believe it. And you go to these cons, like, for example, Scott and I went to Stockton Con just a couple weeks ago. It was amazing how many Funko booths were there. Mm-hmm. And it was just nothing but Funkos. And I'm like, man, I thought these things were dying off because when you go to Target or you go to Walmart, those things are still sitting on pegs or sitting on shelves. Yeah. But you go to these cons and, man, you've got a mess load of Funko booths. Some of them do look cool signed. I have a couple signed, so they look pretty good. Yeah, I've got a, sla- a slaughter signed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got a... Uh, I forget what the other one is. Oh, I have Ric Flair signed. Okay. And I'm missing one. I've got another one signed, but I yeah. can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, I've got the Young Bucks two-pack, uh, the Kenny Omega and the Cody Rhodes one. So that's oh, nice. a cool like, display set up together, yeah. I think initially Funko that was before was any fun. event figure, so they were fun to me because like they they encompassed everything, like literally yeah. everything. Right. But that's also kind of where it became so overwhelming that it's like, yeah, I just I can't get into these anymore. And um, yeah, you could put your Gordon Bombay Funko next to Ultimate Warrior Funko, and they're the same size and design. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cool. and that's like initially I was like, oh, that's so cool. But after a while, I think it just gets kind of old, and you end by, up with. Way by the too way, many this and, match is just it's just. Just a just the drizzling, as people like to call it. It's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Poor Bobby is trying to make Taylor look like a million bucks, and it's just not working. I mean, I think well, the they're, they're trying. It's just, it's just like a no hyped up cold match. It doesn't really like if this was yeah. on like a Saturday night, it wouldn't be offensive. It's on Halloween Havoc. You're like, why are these two even wrestling? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, why are the creatures and Doink the Clown of PN News wrestling? I don't get it. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah. this match, this match, I found it's also a sixteen-minute match, which probably could have been an eight-minute match. That could, that could, it definitely could have been. Yeah, I don't think we're going to make it to the end of this pay-per-view, though. We could, we're just going to no. keep talking for a bit here because we're, we're already an hour in. We don't want to talk for for three hours. But uh, really quick, back to Halloween stuff since we're on the Halloween Havoc show. So we know Jeff hates Halloween and hates joy and all that stuff. Did you ever have any good? <laughs> 
I'm just teasing. Did what about your brothers? Did they like your family hate ho- not high Halloween, or were you just kind of the the Grinch of Halloween? I wasn't the Grinch of. Like? Well, Scott really got into it as he got older because he started throwing Halloween parties and uh-huh. you know, and his wife. I've is seen really... pictures of you guys tag teams, oh, etc. It's good stuff. Yeah, where I was dressed up as the Shockmaster and Scott was Iron Sheik. Yep, yep, and I, everyone loves the Scott CM Punk. Uh, bodysuit costume (laughs) boy that's disturbing isn't it (laughs) it's amazing but anyway so when you were growing up did you guys trick-or-treating did you like did you get to pick out your own costumes or were you Uh, lazy and put on like a hockey jersey said i'm a hockey player what what was your deal i I did that when i was older uh no when i was younger my parents used to be like okay we're gonna go trick-or-treating and then be like okay cool i'm gonna go get candy i guess that's kind of cool um i remember one year i was the california raisin Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I remember I made this ridiculous mask one time and like nobody was freaked out about it. They just were completely baffled. That was another thing. Um, and then I can't remember what else I was, uh, but you know, at first it was like, cool, I'm getting a bunch of candy. And then it was like, uh, I got to go up and walk to all these houses. And <laughs> I don't mean to, I don't mean to be antisocial, but now I've got to go bug them and knock on their door and maybe they're watching Jeopardy and they don't want to get up and answer the, you know, I start overthinking all this crap, you know? <laughs> and I'm curious since you guys are in different parts of the countries of mine. So my wife told me this, she's from Columbus, Ohio, it blew my mind. She goes, when's trick or treat day? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, trick or treat day. I'm like, you mean Halloween? She goes, oh, I know Halloween, but when do kids go trick or treating? I'm like, on Halloween. Oh yeah. So apparently in Columbus, they, there's this designated day for the kids to go trick-or-treating. This blew my mind. Is this a thing in other places of the country? I've never heard that in my entire life. I have never heard life. of this before. Okay, yeah. good, good. Like, I was like, what do you mean trick-or-treat night? She's like, yeah, they pick a day and, you know, so the kids don't have to go on like a Wednesday. I'm like, I guess that makes sense. But it just that blew my mind. No. So if anyone else out there yeah, that would be like trick-or-treat doing day, Christmas on a different let me know. day. That doesn't work. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> I guess. What about you, Breaker? Any cool costumes growing up or any fun stuff like that? Any Halloween parties or any particular things you already mentioned? I saw a few things. Anything else? I definitely talked about the Hogan one. Um, I'm trying to think of cool costumes I did. Um, I No, I mean, nothing that really stands out where I'm like, oh, that was such a good costume. But When you went trick-or-treating, though, were you, was it like a group of buddies? Did you have to go with your family? And Do you remember the first year you got to go? without parents stuff like that i remember being able to go like where my parents lived like it was like kind of this like side street and it kind of made a big circle and they'd always come like stay in the circle then mm-hmm. come back you know i'm like okay and you could you know hit a lot of houses on both sides of the road and of course you know look both ways yeah. for you cross the street all that stuff but um but yeah we'd always get a ton of candy always enjoyed it i have noticed um like last year you know Usually we, my sister brings my uh, niece and nephew to my parents' house because they have a ton of houses over there, real big neighborhood. And so they, and it's a lot safer. It's a cul-de-sac, so not as much traffic. So they usually trick-or-treat during, uh, over there. A lot of kids, like, will come up to the door, you know, and I'll be honest, like, I'm a stickler. Like, if if a kid has, like, a very creative costume, I'm like, okay, you're going to get some extra candy. If it's like, yeah. hey, you, you put a little bit of white stuff on your face and you dyed your hair green, like, no, you're not the Joker. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I need so, I need the purple suit. I need I need some effort good, into this. It's a, and it's a good way to get your house egged. Yeah, but but then like some of the kids are like, um, like you give them a piece of candy. Can, can I have two? Oh, oh, I don't like that. Can I get something else? And I'm like, uh, how about you get exactly what I give you and you don't complain about it 
or I'm going to drop kick you. You know, like that's how it needs to be, I think. So, okay. Do you get trick or treats by you, Jeff? Uh, yes and no. Um, so we're kind of off of a main street. So a lot of people yeah. don't venture off the main street, they kind mm-hmm. of stay along the, uh, the main drag, I guess you could say. So every once in a while, we'll get the stragglers that come down the street and it's like, okay, you know, three pieces of candy here, three pieces of candy there. And then we won't have a trick or treater for like, I don't know, like next five, 10 minutes, or we'll get like a quick little rush. And then we don't have anything for 20 minutes, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Growing up when I grew up, like everyone in my neighborhood kind of moved into this. It was now my sub, the suburb I live in now is the same when I grew up in is, is pretty big. But when we first moved here in the early nineties, it was really small. So everyone kind of moved in at the same time and had a family. So all the kids were all the same age. So as I grew up, there were always trick-or-treaters, tons of them all the time. And there was a bit of a lull when I was in high school. But now as I have kids here in my neighborhood, we get a ton of them. So it's cool to see. And uh, it's it's fun. And when you have kids and Jeff, you have nieces and nephews and stuff. If you head over to theirs, it's it's a lot of fun watching them do it and get excited and oh yeah, and have their pillowcases and all that stuff too. It's fun for them, and especially when your first time, you're old enough to go by yourself. I was way too young. I think we were like fourth grade. Mom was like, I don't care, go ahead. You know, me and my <laughs> friends went, and we just stayed out all night until the hours were done and had candy till Christmas. It was awesome. Oh yeah, good times. Hey Breaker. Breaker, when you and the uh, kids showed up as the Macho Man and Hogan, did you guys do the Mega Powers handshake too? No, no, we didn't. Um, we didn't actually get to trick or treat oh. together. All right, and it was also you ever get it, a time machine? That's yeah. the first thing you're doing. You're not not stopping any bad things from happening. You're going and doing that handshake. <laughs> I remember being so mad because it like the the costume was like paper thin. My mom made me wear a yeah. jacket over it, and I'm like, they can't see the shirt. Then like it's it takes away. <laughs> all the fun aspects if they can't see like what I'm wearing. She's like, it's cold out though, and, you know. So it's just one of those lame things. But no, uh, yeah, Mega yeah. Powers handshake would have been fantastic, but didn't happen. <laughs> well, Did you have the went... bandana? Well, it was like a mask or the headband, and um, oh, it was like one of those okay. plastic crappy Walmart masks that had just Hogan's yeah. face, yes. which did have the bandana on it. Yeah. Well, oh. if you end up in. Dallas this year, and we all fingers crossed. We could do a WrestleMania weekend. If I see you, every time I see you, I'm going to give you the handshake. Oh, I, I definitely <laughs> plan to be in Dallas. I think uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to talk Big Underscore Bane into going as well. That's actually a relatively Ooh. short drive for us, so we're hoping to both be there. How long's the uh, How long's the drive? Like four hours. Nothing. Oh, that's, that's awesome. not bad at all. Yeah, that's awesome. If anyone wants to freeze their ass off in January and come to the Rumble in St. Louis, I'm just a three and a half hour drive from there. So nope, not at all. No, nope. <laughs> I didn't think so, Jeff. <laughs> didn't think so. <laughs> Got to be honest, Steve. Nope. <laughs> what what would what announcement would get you to a cold temperature in January? I'm well, curious. I, well, how cold are we talking? I mean, St. Louis doesn't get as cold as Chicago, right? But we're, it's going to be in the 20s, probably. Uh, that's not bad. I've, it could, I've been. It could be zero. It could I, be zero. I've been in negative. Johnny B. Bad comes out in his piano cape. <laughs> that is a great cape. Yep. I've been in negative ten before. So and yeah, I, yeah. I was in Colorado for work, and yeah. Anyways, that sucked. But uh, I don't know, man. What's let's say they do a fan fest. Who's like a guy that never does signings that does one? It's like, all right, we gotta go. 
Maybe two guys. Johnny B. Bad got to be one of them. Clearly, the kiss demon. Maybe <laughs> got to get my. What'd you say, Breaker? The kiss demon. The kiss demon. <laughs> FTC needs to bring him and have a booth with him. He's in the yeah. White Sox organization. Yeah, he, is. Him, he was around all the time, like all the time. I always saw him. Wait, you saw him out and about all the time? Well, so he was a, a coach on the White Sox organization. Right. So during right. games. Like I, we, we, some people would always be like, Hey, what's up? Kiss guy. And he'd, you know, wave and come over and talk to us for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Remember he was like, he's uh, probably like MVP, most violent player or something in WCW. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. <laughs> Dale Torborg's all, man, these marks <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. If we're watching the shitty 1999 White Sox team, <laughs> <laughs> but what, who is it, Jeff? Who's who's a couple, who's like grail guys. Like they never do signings or you, cause you've met. Yeah. I know you had a question last week from Justin Summers about who's kind of your grail left, but who's the there, guy that never does signings. That you there, there really isn't any outside of Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's like the last guy I really, really want to meet. Um, yeah. I, he, that's it for me. Like, I can't really think of a legend that I haven't met. What's up to like a Vince McMahon? Oh, dude, that's okay. And like, there was a lottery, hunt 200 tickets, and you got one. You're flying for that. Yeah, I'd probably fly in for that. Yeah. Celeste is going to Disney World in January for her birthday. I guess I could go to the Rumble. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Take a a, stop off at O'Hare and we'll drive down there to St. Louis together. How long is the drive for you to St. Louis? Just under four hours. Okay. It's straight down. It's one road. It's straight down I-55. It's a straight road down now, from Chicago to San Louis. Now, you're not worried about driving in the cold like that with ice and no. snow? Oh. No. I've I've driven in bad stuff before. Uh, the worst I've driven in was a blizzard driving th- from Columbus to Chicago. From And my plan was to leave early to beat the blizzard. I saw it coming. But, of course, the weather forecast was wrong. So my timing was driving directly through the blizzard. And on this road, I-65, it's all open fields. So there's wind everywhere. And I saw so many cars in the ditch. I white knuckled it 35 miles an hour. My five hour drive took nine hours, but I made it home safe. Ooh. I was by myself too. So that was fun. <laughs> well, at least you were safe. Yeah. A breaker. No, for how- them, oh. With cell phones, it's okay. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, breaker, I've got to ask, uh, any horrible weather stories? Like when you were driving with the guys, you know, going yeah. to a show to show or anything like that? Yeah, we had one really bad one. We were actually going up to do uh, Monday Night Raw extra work in Des Moines, Iowa, and it snowed so bad that, like, we couldn't see really anything. And it's one of those things, like, it was starting to snow. We're already going. What do you do? And we ended up getting into the hotel, I think, around 5 a.m., and we had to be at the arena by... 10 I think so we got a little bit of sleep I remember when we got there they just set out the continental breakfast and I'm pretty sure there was like four or five of us we ate almost everything they had (laughs) so (laughs) but yeah I I remember that one being like just terrible and then of course even the next day it wasn't snowing anymore but it was like there was so much on the ground it was like nearly impossible right so what did you do for the extra work that day um nothing one of the guys worked a dark oh. match against Jack Swagger and just st- stood around, which was, you know, most of the time that's what we did. Like, very seldom did we get to do anything. 
did gotcha. you get paid for that or was that just part of your yeah you get you get paid like, regardless and um basically to be an extra they call you like hey we want you for these dates You're like yeah okay i'll be there and they'll kind of go over like if you need licensing or anything um which you know little fun fact we never got licensed because in wwe they never check anybody they just assume everybody's good. <laughs> so we, once we learned that, we're like, yeah, we're not getting licensed. That just costs money. And so we would uh, we get to the arena. We sign in. They you know show us that we're there. We fill out like a W. It's like a W nine or a W ten or something, something to show that you're getting paid. And then um, you do your two or three shows. If like you're, if it's like Raw and SmackDown, you do those two. Sometimes you're lucky enough to get a pay per view, so you got a little bit of a better payday because you got three shows instead of two. And then basically. You eat catering, you kind of make yourself available, they'll come grab you if they need you to do something, um, but a lot of times it was just not doing anything, so you just kind of, I'd always like to sometimes go out mm-hmm. in the arena and kind of watch the show and kind of hear the reactions of, yeah. of like the top stars, I always thought that was really fun, you know, but it was just kind of was what it was, you know, just, I mean, some days I got to do cool stuff, sometimes not nothing at all. Sometimes you almost die in a blizzard, but that's Indeed. fun. <laughs> that's fun, all right. Can I ask one more question? One more question. Did any of the uh, wrestlers like come up and talk to the extra talent or anything like that? Yeah, most all the time. Like, uh, oddly enough, the only guys that were ever kind of a dick were like the low bottom of the totem pole guys. You're there for their spot. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, I remember my second time ever as an extra, you know, we'd go in the ring before the show and kind of roll around. And I was working with a guy and. I went back and I'm in the locker room and I'm just kind of sitting there in like the extra locker room, which is just like a closet. Usually edge walks in and just starts giving me advice. And I was so, um, like almost dumbfounded that he's talking to me that I, 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 I don't, I don't think he took it as like, I was being rude, but I was just like, thanks. Like kind of like you're freaking the world champion right now. I cannot believe you took the time to find me and give me advice. Like that's, that's insane. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. But like most, most everybody, like I said, was really cool. It was just the occasional, you know, bottom of the barrel guy that had to feel like he threw his weight around that. That's really it. Everyone else. I was actually there the night, uh, in St. Louis, speaking of that, where undertaker got set on fire by the pyro. Oh man. Really? Ooh, dude. Yeah. He came through that locker room after that show. He was not happy. Let me tell you that. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I have never tried to, like as he's walking through the hallway, cram myself to a wall as much as I did that night because we were with the hall and here he comes and he's got about eight suits behind him and he is pissed. And you you couldn't tell on TV how burnt he was, but when you saw his chest in person, uh-huh. it was like, oh my God. Like it looked That's like... Br- and he was... Yeah, it was like bad. Sitting, what, on that last ride they showed me, he was like sitting in that pod just pouring water on himself. But what's funny is they, they cut it um, cause we were watching on the interview monitor and they mm-hmm. cut his entrance and we, we kind of looked at each other like what happened there? And they just said like a wide shot yeah. or something. And then we saw him in, well, the, in, the, was... in the pod pouring water on himself. We're like, what's he, what's he doing? I was like, oh, he's probably just yeah. cooling down, you know, cause it's probably hot out there with the lights. And <laughs> we're like, we didn't know. And then like, of course we found out shortly thereafter. We're like, Oh my God. I was watching that pay-per-view live and my friend, and it was kind of thing like we're getting settled in for the main event. I'm like, okay, Undertaker's coming out. I have like 10 minutes to go get a drink because he's going to take forever to get to the ring because that's what he does. Yeah. And all of a sudden my, my friend's like, he just ran in. Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. So that's just nuts. 
It was it was crazy. I, I don't know who said it. I think it might have been Ric Flair or somebody said on a podcast, talked about that incident where he's like, Undertaker went up to like Vince McMahon and he was like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to see this guy. I just I want to make sure that guy who's responsible is never here again. And like, yeah, we, then he got like furious about it. We we heard um, through the grapevine, I guess he told one of the referees, like, if the pyro guy's there when I get back, I'm going to literally kill him. And uh, they Ooh. took that literally and they got him out of the building. <laughs> Which he actually, I don't yeah, know if you guys saw the Broken Skull sessions, he talked about that and I guess had raised concerns with it already and um, mm-hmm. said something about the blasts are too close together. I can feel the heat. And I guess the guy kind of brushed it off, and he's like, "Next thing I know, I'm literally got flames coming up underneath me." So yeah, I would be I would be very upset about that too. That's crazy. Damn. Like how like it was bad, but imagine how like lucky it wasn't worse. Oh you God, know? I know. It's just, it's just that's insane, and you're the and it's just crazy. You were there for it too. I know. It's <laughs> awesome. Know. I mean, it's awesome. That's terrible. It's awful. You were there for it's crazy moments, and I'm sure there's a ton more. Um, and we, those are f- stories for future shows. And as soon as we get off the air, you're going to tell us who was a dick. So we don't, we know that too. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to share that with the world. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap up with a, with a couple things here. Uh, Jeff, any, any favorite Halloween Havoc matches you've had over the years? Like any one or two you can think of and break or same question for you. Uh, I'll answer first since I have my question. My favorite is honestly probably the Goldberg DDP match mm-hmm. because, I know that that gets talked about a lot because of the main event of that show with Warrior Hogan being terrible. That actually wasn't the main event. Goldberg DDP was. But that was cool because I got to see it on Nitro as they aired it for free because I didn't order the pay-per-view. And looking back, especially after DDP hits that diamond cutter, like the crowd was ready for him to win. Mm-hmm. So I think he should have been the one to beat Goldberg that night. No, like, I would agree end with streak, that. just be over. Like So that's my favorite Havoc match because – it was insane how over DDP was and how awesome that diamond cutter move was too. Yeah, especially at that time too. They were mm-hmm. and those guys and both those guys were red hot for yeah. WCW. So who wants who's got some havoc? A couple, one or two favorite havoc matches as we wrap up the show this week. I mean, how don't we talk about Ray and Eddie? I mean, one yeah. of the greatest havoc matches of all time. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And, then, and maybe one day they'll finally get that Ray figure right. One day they'll get the height right. <laughs> um, well, Jack's actually, definitely going to do it. I'll tell you that much. Uh, yeah. No, there's also a really kind of <laughs> under underappreciated Ray Mysterio Jr. Dean Malenko Halloween Havoc '96 match that okay. kind of flies Check under the out. radar. Uh, they had a lot of matches, but that one I remember watching with my buddy few years ago and i was like man this is like a really good match like i know people praise him and eddie but that one i thought dean and ray always worked really well together um there's actually mm-hmm. a match I, I believe it's the next match on here or maybe down the card steve austin and dustin rhodes was pretty good so okay yeah those guys always just beat the hell out of each other yeah yeah and sure. that's when austin that was, was like young match. and could go and everything and um i'll tell you one of my, one of the worst havoc matches uh, is also a 97. It actually immediately follows Eddie and Ray. It is Alex Wright and Steve Mongo McMichael right. featuring yep. Bill Goldberg, <laughs> and it's just uh, atrocious. <laughs> like, Halloween Havoc's one of the weirdest pay-per-views for having such amazing matches, but equally, like, some just god-awful stinkers. Yeah, for sure. But it's fun, and I think everyone has a lot of nostalgia for it. And yeah. 
I would like to see a WWE full-on pay-per-view. I know NXT's doing it, but let's do a full WWE one maybe in the future. Maybe a mega show in October. Make it like a house show, Peacock special type of thing. Oh, they definitely Something need fun. To. I think a lot, a lot of people would like that. All right, so we're going to wrap up here uh, this week talking about our favorite Havoc matches. And you can follow our guests this week. As always, follow Scott and Jeff, the Fully Opposable Wrestling Figure Podcast at Fully Opposable. Every Sunday there's a show out, 300 straight weeks, 301 coming this week. And yep. follow all their social media at Fully Posable. And they've got the Facebook page, Instagram, all that stuff. And if your favorite podcast app, just search Fully Posable. They've got T-shirts on whatamaneuver.net and Pro Wrestling Tees. Support them and, yeah, keep it going, guys. It's awesome listening to you every week, and it's a lot of fun. And I always, like, sometimes I'm behind, so I'll, like, binge three episodes in a row. And I'll text Jeff something from, like, two weeks ago. He's like, ha, you just caught up on that now. So follow Fully Posable. <laughs> Uh, the Breaker and Bane Power Hour is the main show, but now Breaker also does, you know, it's fake, right? He's got old shows in the archive. He used to do the Back to Nintendo show, which I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, you could follow, I guess, what, your your main Twitter account for all that stuff? BBH yeah. or whatever your Twitter account name My is? My main Twitter account's at Brian Breaker ODR, and then, uh, you know, BBPH918 mm-hmm. for anything Breaker and Bane. So I got those two accounts. And. Um, I also have a toy podcast now with Travis Fowler called the TB yes. Toy Cast, which is a lot of fun. Yes, and there was just a uh, little crossover action with yes, podcast recently. So yep. check check that out in the archives of Fully Posable as well. And you could find all of our past shows of the Positively Pressing Podcast, your favorite podcast app. Just search for it. we got some fun ones back in the archive. You can hear the old one Breaker and I did a year ago about a, a couple Havoc memories and watch-alongs we did. Definitely. Jeff and I, Jeff's been on the show a few times. Uh, Eric and I are recording a new show tomorrow to take a look back in the fall theme. Fall Brawl 1997, all WCW week for us here at the PPW Podcast. So we've been it. off for a few weeks. We're back, and we're back strong. So follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Instagram, PPW underscore podcast. You want to support the show, just tell a friend. We've got t-shirts and blood maneuver and all that stuff, but best way to support is just tell a friend and tell a friend about all the podcast buddies we talk about. I'm not going to do all the podcast buddies today because this is a special episode. Jeff started the podcast buddies thing, him and Scott at Fully Posable, which is an awesome thing to do. It's how I found other shows uh-huh. and how some people found us. So keep doing that, Jeff. It's I appreciate being on the podcast buddy at the end of every show. So keep going. We are more than happy to do it. Awesome. All right, guys. Anything else before we close up for the week? No, uh, we're ending the show on Austin. And... Yeah, yeah, thank you for having us. But we're ending the show on a Steve Austin and Dustin Rhodes match. Yes, and Austin with the amazing NWA TV title, one of my favorite belts of all time. And look at yep. those yep. those bikers he's wearing. My God. I thought you were going to say, look at the those. I was thinking that same thing, Steve. That, see, this is why we text each other the stuff we do. Yes, there is a manager. <laughs> All right. Jeff Breaker, thanks for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see I'll you next week. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Oh